Well, Mr. Humes, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Murphy. I expect you to die. That's right. It's me, John Murphy. And Christian Humes. Here on Watch World. And this week we are talking about Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yes, the seventh book in the Fleming series and the seventh movie we're watching, but the third movie that was made and released. This is so far one of my favorites that we've watched now. It is the, no pun intended, gold standard for most of the classic Bond era. Yep. I think before, you know, I think you can kind of put it in categories from started Dr. No and Goldfinger, you know, these early movies to probably License to Kill is probably the the early classic version and then started Brosnan to Craig is like a modern version of Bond um, in a lot of ways. So, um, but this one definitely set the formula and not only the formula for Bond movies, but for like a lot of um, just action movies in general, a lot of blockbuster movies, superhero movies you see today. Yeah. I mean, it also has like, I mean, the moment that we just used at the intro, I've never seen Goldfinger and so many things that happen in this movie I've known about. Like, I feel like I could have guessed what some of the plot points were just based on the amount of times it's been parodied in other things. Yes. Whether it's Austin Powers or just other action movies in yeah. general. I feel and... like every cartoon has done a laser sequence. Yes. You know, which... Something about lasers. They were like... It wasn't in the book, but I guess it was It was a, bu- it was oh. a buzzsaw in the book. But um, in the in the movie, they were just like, "What's new? Lasers? Let's put lasers in here somehow." Buzzsaw is scarier, but not as good, I think, for camera. I think like this yeah. laser, like slowly moving its way up, is like. And I think also, I think the when they were making these movies, I think they wanted to do like a very it's in set very much in the sixties, but has kind of yeah. a futuristic outlook, and right. so they wanted to embrace a lot of like technology and. Things that are more fantastical, but well, yeah, seem I mean, cool. During the time in the age of like the space race and like the nuclear arms race, it was about yes. whoever had the best technology was had the most power. So of course, the villains had to have the best technology, and so did MI6. Yes. So, um, 1965. This came out. Uh, you know, this is you got Sean Connery coming back. This is his third movie. Um, you know, I think I'm trying to think what am I. Overall thoughts. What are your overall thoughts about this movie? Just, I really liked it. I think yeah. the villain looks a lot like Donald Trump, which I was able to get behind. Yeah. Um, I think if they remade this, you would have like Stellan Skarsgård play mm-hmm. the play Goldfinger. Yes. You know, but he very Trump-like in his behavior, this um, Goldfinger character. He's much smarter, um, probably cheats at golf just as much, but, you know. I could definitely see the connection that you were making. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of great moments in this with um, his car, with the gold, yeah, with the bad guy. I mean, it Goldfinger, odd the job, best Bond movie. Yeah, just... odd job. The best Bond movies though have like the most compelling villains. Yes, and like the amount of time he spends with Goldfinger, like, like taunting yeah. him, like, a, like they're in a schoolyard. Only to eventually sort sort of like be caught, yeah, um, is interesting. Yeah, the the trope of keeping you know the hero alive, even though you could clearly kill him at many points in this <laughs> in this point story, 
yet Goldfinger continues to keep Bond alive and tell him his plans, or at least include him in on some things. Which I only think happened because Bond spent so much time taunting him. Yeah, he, he is impressed by him. Yeah. Bond does a really good job of using kind of power and flexing that to like for these kind of megalomaniacal kind of guys. Yeah. The personalities are like, oh, I like this guy. He's crazy. Like, I want to keep him around. Maybe just a little bit longer before I kill him. Um, or maybe like give him the worst possible death eventually, which is what Goldfinger tried to do, but ended up failing. Um, you know, but yeah, I think, you know, having an interesting villain, having the intriguing sidekick is also, you know, very much a trope we see so much of. And this kind of really set it um, with odd job, you know, having the different girls, mm-hmm. um, obviously the gold painted woman um is you know iconic yeah imagery. i mean it's it's like modern day folklore like everyone thinks the lady died from suffocating or whatever which is yeah which true. i don't is not possible yeah yeah <laughs> something that fleming just made up in the book he's just yeah. like um they did it on mythbusters well yeah. no no but i mean a lot of people think that like the actress on set like, like dot like yeah. that's just like a weird myth that like the latex paint caused her to suffocate because her skin <laughs> couldn't breathe like, this is the thing a lot of people believe yeah. so they did it on mythbusters um like they had like adam get like coated in this like old-fashioned latex plane his temperature went up but it wasn't like, like gonna kill you, you don't suffocate yeah. like yeah, yeah like i'm sure like insulates you a bit and can and also probably like having those chemicals on you probably isn't great right but, but <laughs> it's a slow death versus it's just a, it's interesting how pervasive this is yeah that's people that believe that stuff because it, it kind of is perpetuated in they say in the movie it's like oh she died by asphyxiation of the skin right which is like like okay i get it well and then <laughs> to quantum of solace does the oil drenched woman which the oil in that is sort of like the gold of today yeah so there there is definitely it. some things in quantum of solace that like they pulled conceptually from this movie definitely i agree and also this one is interesting because it starts off on a completely different mission yeah, the cold open has nothing to do with the main mission. Something you don't see very often, but but I like that. I like yeah. seeing him like finishing up something. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like well, he's got a plenty of missions that he just finishes clean, and like they're not all these crazy events, right? Like yeah. he's got to just sometimes he's got like an easy job. Yeah, I know it's it's I like it. I like the fact that it, it again it kind of builds up on things that we've been talking about in these previous episodes of. You feel like he's a part of this world. There's a lot going on. It's, yeah, he's like a, because he's an agent, he's like, when he finishes up one mission, he goes on another. And it's kind of cool to see that, like, you don't have to do a whole movie. You just do a quick short, uh, in a short, cold open scene of him blowing up, I guess, a heroin like plant or something going on somewhere in Mexico, I guess, is the. People don't like drugs during this time. No, very anti drug. Um, which which is a little bit in the book, in the sense that he went to Mexico to like stop some sort of um, heroin ring type of thing that was slowly going to England. Um, and he had to kill. That a guy. was a long way away. Yeah, but he had to kill a guy in the, in the book. Or he, it's like basically in the book, he's sitting in the Miami airport and he's waiting to take a flight to New York, then back to Long, and he's kind of reminiscing about like this guy he had to kill in in Mexico. Um, and so they kind of, in the movie, they obviously like you show it, they show this kind of whole thing, a couple of iconic parts here. <laughs> um, 
you know, he blows up the, the whatever, the plant, the factory that was like the thing. He meets that woman who's like taking a bath and <laughs> he is like kissing her. And then in her reflection of her eyes, she sees the other guy coming up to like stab him and then uses her as a human shield without knowing whether or not she was in on it or not. I was like, <laughs> well, this is where the idea that a lot of the women are disposable. Yes. And James Bond just really starts to, uh, especially in this movie, take off. <laughs> yes. This movie, Bond does not treat women very well in this movie. And no, it's pretty bad. Just want to get that out there for everybody at home. I mean, I think we've made that point clear in the previous episodes. Um, let's yeah. jump in. So he goes to Miami. Yes. Meets up with Felix. A boy, Felix. Which, but so I, I just wanted to, reason why I was kind of talking before, and this was kind of interesting, what I like about the book is that he's sitting in Miami waiting to take his flight home, and he runs into. Oh, interesting. A character from Casino Royale, the other like belt, what, what a, DuPont sure. guy that was like sitting at the table with them. Uh-huh. He's like, You're James Bond, right? And he's like, Yeah. And he's like, I remember you. It's like, Hey, maybe you can help me out with the situation. I got this guy Goldfinger, and he's like, rip, like he keeps beating me in this card game. Yeah, it's like I'll pay cheating. you. I'll like I'll keep, I'll see you in my hotel. You come, you know. So it's like by happenstance he falls into this like thing. I kind of like that he sort of just by chance, yeah, gets involved in this whole thing. Whereas in the movie, it's very just like, hey, you got orders, you know, like right. You got to help us take out this Goldfinger guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that 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 was the one like key change I really liked in the book. I kind of wish they did that in the movie. Yeah, but yeah. I think it was harder to maybe connect the two. Sure. Kind of thing. So, you know, also, and it, it would be harder when you didn't introduce any character from Casino Royale because it hadn't been made yet. Right. So, so that that would be a problem. Yeah. Considering they didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, or not not in. We talked about the last episode, but the American version of the televised oh my God. version of Jimmy Bond. Yes. Jimmy Bond. Um. So Felix wants them to check into Goldfinger, and they're not playing Baccarat. They're playing Canasta. I thought they're playing Gin Rum. Oh yeah, they're playing Gin Rum. In in the book, they're playing Canasta, which is a weird Canasta. What is Canasta? It's like I um I just know something my grandma used to play. It's a game in which you are you don't reveal your cards, but you like put cards down for them to pick up, and you're trying to like get a collection set in mana cards uh-huh. and like you're trying to trick your opponent into taking bad cards that you have because you want them to think you're going after one set of things yeah or, okay interesting and there's like points based on yeah. like your hand and okay. then whoever the highest points wins wins yeah. the thing so um so yeah how that goes but the, i guess they made it m- more relatable game gin <laughs> in this movie so it's interesting it's like never poker really like, it, it would be today. Yeah, because Bulletproof wasn't a popular game at this yeah, point. Yeah, but that's what's interesting to me is yeah. how that's changed because it feels like such a de facto, like, well, no, poker is the game or yeah. blackjack, but it's like... Yeah, those games were not back then. Baccarat. These kind of more complex games a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they had less to do back then. <laughs> you had more time to learn. <laughs> to learn games. Yeah. Maybe. I, also, maybe I think with those games, they lasted longer. Whereas like yeah. now, casinos want quicker games. Sure. So they kind of move faster. So that's also probably it. Yeah. But Baccarat was, you know, it's a quick game for the most part. So that one's kind of, and that one's still very popular, especially in certain um, Eastern countries and stuff. Um, it's pretty Never big. played it. It's cool. It's, it's kind of like Blackjack. Where it's a certain like two pair, th- uh, two or three card 
sort of combo, you add up the totals and whoever has the highest of the two. It's just that one through nine is a value and then face cards are zero. So like, it's kind of like, it's whoever has- Isn't there like a community like flipping? Almost like a like a river kind of a thing? No, it's more like two, you can play like, in casinos now you play against the house, like most things, but like what we see sometimes in Dr. No and these other movies in which they play against each other, like you can see around the book they played, you would play against another person and then everyone else around the table bets either whoever's the bank or the you know the player Got against it. the thing. Got so, it. So um, a lot of people are just putting their own money into it. Right. So, um, that makes sense. Yes. But anyway, so... So bon, he, they bon, think he's cheating. Yeah, Bond gets word that this Goldfinger character's been cheating at this game. He decides to scope out, sees that Goldfinger likes to sit in a specific chair mm. at the table. Mm. Which um, so that he can face towards the, the hotel, and then he gets an idea and decides to go up to figure out where his hotel room is. <laughs> Slyly just grabs the maid and is just like, "Let me use your key here." <laughs> She's like, "Ah, oh, that's Mister Goldfinger's room," and he's like, "I know." And then she just does not do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's just totally cool about it. Um, sneaks into the room. That's where he finds Jill Masterson. Mm-hmm who is sitting on the lounge outside in the balcony and with a pair of binoculars, an incredible pair of binoculars that I can see very close. Incredible. Um, and she can see the other guy's hand and is calling out to Goldfinger. And he has this like clear headpiece <laughs> that, um, does he play it off? It's like a hearing aid. I forget that. Like, maybe that's what yeah, he tries to do first. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, but yeah, then it's realized, oh, he's cheating. So then he turns the tables on him and is like... Um, Makes him lose. Makes him lose and makes him, you know, embarrasses him. Makes him feel like a fool. And then he's like, I'm also going to take your lady, Jill. Because Jill immediately is like, who are you? I'm going to sex her on your bed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's James Bond style, man. Yeah. Um, What's interesting, though, in the book, what happens next is you don't see that, actually. So they, he's like, Goldfinger, I'm taking your lady. I'm taking her up to New York with me on the train, so we can just do it all the time going up there. Um, and then he never, he doesn't hear from her again. Interesting. And then later, when he runs into Tilly, yeah, that's when he learns what happened to her. He like oh. painted her gold and like, so you don't see it in the book. He wow. just, just described it. So they. Yeah. Was she supposed to be painted with real gold or? I don't know exactly, but you know what I mean. He just bonds. Seems like a waste. You know, I think Bond's love of cold champagne is what undoes him because he's like, mm. I gotta go get get some ice to put in here, and that's when he gets judo chopped. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> why somebody is knocked out cold, um, and that's when he wakes up and finds Jill completely painted in, I guess, as we would say, gold. But I'm assuming it's gold paint. It wouldn't make. Why sense. wouldn't they kill and paint him in gold? To send a message, I guess, because again, yeah, women are disposable in this universe. That's so true. And the men are trying to like, you know, compare egos and try to outdo each other. Yeah. And it's not about killing your opponent; it's just about like sending a message. He wanted to humiliate him the way that Bond humiliated him. Well, you'd think that he would, in doing so, kind of frame him for murder. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, but then nothing gets you know nothing comes of that. Um, but Bond knows he's. So this is someone you shouldn't fuck around with. Um, I will. So I think let's talk quickly about the theme song. 
Okay. Great theme song. Yeah. Who, Shirley Bassey. I was about to say, Junior. As a singer. Shirley Bassey. Um, just a great song overall. I think out of the you know now six movies that we watched, I I guess we can discount Doctor No because the the theme is just the James Bond theme song. Right. What would your ranking be for all these? Because we have Goldfinger here, then we have Diamonds Are Forever, we have Moonraker, Live and Let Die, and you know my name, the Chris Cornell song for Casino Royale. So I would put this and from Russia with Love. Live sorry. and Let Die doesn't feel fair. <laughs> I mean, that's that's number one for me. I think. I mean, it would have to be, but and it's also the, like a real song. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It feels because it like the. the person behind it was such a big name at the time right just made it this kind of cool song um i would say this is the most bondian song yeah as far as i love a big brassy like number and even living that die does this as well so it's this very much set the tone of everything to come and why like skyfall is great and all these other and why some other songs like sam smith's song is terrible because it's not it's just like too sad but um but yeah, this is. I think this is probably you know up there top three for me of all of them all time. Um, but yeah, you know I think definitely "Live and Let Die" and this one are like the two best so far that we've kind of had to listen to. Yeah, I would say this "Live and Let Die" and "Skyfall" are probably the three best. Yeah, I I have a lot of soft spots for stuff in between. <laughs> sure, you know there. What's great about Bond is because it's now six decades. It's gone through so many eras of music. Right. <laughs> When this is a very 60s era, you then get to the 70s and it gets really wild. And then the 80s gets really slow and like romantic. And then the 90s is very 90s and the 2000s is very just 2000s. And so now it's just like, there's just so much. So great. But uh, great theme. I love the credits, like just over the bodies and doing it kind of like recaps, like kind of Mission Impossible does when you see the imagery of what's going to happen, what has happened. Yeah. So I thought that was cool um, over the gold painted ladies and men and faces and stuff. Um, it is great. So then back in London, Bond well, is. We should say, because I don't know if you mentioned who knocked out Bond. Odd job. Yeah. Yeah. I know you said judo chop, but just yeah. being more specific. <laughs> At least Dude. he didn't use his hat. Well, we use it later. Yeah. And he uses that for very specific purposes. Um, but we are, we officially don't meet Oddjob until later, until the golf course. Right. We only just get a shadow of him here. But back in England, we get to the boring part of the movie where Bond has to go to the bank, the Bank of England, to be explained how gold works. <laughs> and it's just like super just stuffy old British guys in rooms talking. Um, but there's, he just learns about how like gold works and prices and people that smuggle gold out to the country to go sell in other countries that want to buy it at a higher price. Um, and that's what they think Goldfinger's doing. He's like manipulating the market and trying to take gold out of England. He's going after our stock market. Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to manipulate. Well, I mean, this was back when I think even America was on the gold standard still yep. at this point. Yes. So that's part of why. Because a lot of currencies were dictated by the price of gold, which they still are in a sense, but not in the way that they used to be. No, it's like, I think obviously Fort Knox still exists and still has gold in it. But it's but- not as dependent on right. the sort of standard in that way. Yeah. Unless you're like Ron Paul and you want to go back to that stuff. Well, there's a lot of stuff Ron Paul wants us to go back to. Ron Paul 2012. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like to go back to 2012. Um, me too. Yeah. And then to stay in that forever. A little bit. Maybe, I don't know. You know have someone 
take down Goldfinger before he becomes president. Before he nukes Fort Knox. Like, all right, we have four years to stop Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, how do we do it? Yeah. So I love how uh, M or like the the M and the and the guy that had the bank they give Bond a Nazi gold bar. <laughs> yeah. So this I liked. Yeah. Because they're like, hey. Use this to like attract Goldfinger's attention because he yeah. loves gold. Yeah. So we're letting you borrow this Nazi gold. What's gold? <laughs> yeah. Here's a, okay. I have a question about Nazi gold. Yes. What's the deal with it? Because I know it's like very <laughs> taboo. What's the deal with Nazi gold? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I've never actually known. Clearly, I mean, of course, a lot of the gold that they had was like stolen and plundered and smelted from people. Yeah. But then, like, who does what with that gold? How does it get reclaimed is my question. That's like, the thing. It's like when you, for a lot of people, you take gold or riches from and you murder them. And it's like right. there's no, you, you wipe out entire families and like right. lineages. It's like, it's hard to like, to figure out how to give it back to. And then it's yeah. like, but then it, now you just have this like this gold out there. Yeah. And it, it just has this connotation like to Switzerland it. Like Switzerland. Yes. It just has all this Nazi gold. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do they do with it? Like, you know they're going to smelt it down. Yeah, and, and change it and put it internationally and sell, yeah. sell it to Goldfinger. Yep. The Swiss. Yeah. They're always up to their chocolate and their Nazi gold. You think they're they're, they're neutral, but they're not. They're not, no. no. The only people that pretend to be neutral are the ones that are in, in for whatever helps them. That's what a neutral person is, is what benefits me. And also, they're neutral because of their geography. Sure. Like no one can easily maybe now you can, but like back yeah, back then. pre you know, true like aerial attack. It's like it was really hard to attack Switzerland. <laughs> and they were like, Look, we just won't attack anyone else either. Yeah, they were like, We'll just be everyone's friend. Deal's a deal. Yeah. So but <laughs> people like chocolate. Yes. Now let's talk golf. Okay. First of all, the only thing that would have made this better is if they were playing Frisbee golf. Yeah. No. All right. So wait, doesn't he show up on the golf course with Nazi gold? Yeah. That's like he, like, yeah, he takes he the gold like, bar, they get out and just drops, just whips it, it down. Out. <laughs> Again, a lot of ego stroking uh, here in this movie. So I was when I was first watching it, I was doing something on my computer at the same time, and I look up at suddenly there was a gold bar with like the Nazi symbol on it. And I was like, what just happened? And Imagine to, like, if you did that in any social minutes. scenario, like yeah. you just dropped a Nazi gold bar on the ground. It was at that point that I closed my computer and just uh, like rewound and watched it straight <laughs> without doing anything else because I was like, this movie is going places. It's going places, and we spent a lot of time golfing. Um, yeah, but this is this. I love this because this goes back to the like espionage, trading and information bond. He's just here to figure out like what is his plan, and also He's trying, trying to, to learn about the guy, trying learn to about him, him, like, and also oddly gain his trust. Yeah, he wants them to kind of get closer to him, and I think he also realizes. When he bests him or like beats him at stuff, it, it maybe trips him up or allows him to get some new information that he might not. Yeah, see. he's trying to get him to let his guard down. Yeah, because he needs to figure out how is it. It seems as though Goldfinger is smuggling gold out of the country, and he needs to figure out how. Right, and also why. Um, and so, yeah, so he basically plays him in a game of golf. Uh, he realizes that Goldfinger cheats. Because there was a point when which he's looking for his ball. I, it's not as clear he cheats in this in the movie, but in the book they kind of show that he like cheated. Oh, it felt very clear in the movie. I forget. Like, like no, in the movie he tells him he's like he he tells uh oh my god what's his name 
uh, anyway, he says something like, that's not his ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes, because well, he was standing on ball? it. He goes, yes. it's under my foot. Yes. And then he's like, well, why wouldn't you say anything? He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, I, I will. And, but the only reason why he does that, actually, is because right. um, I, in the book, he actually, his caddy catches Goldfinger cheating earlier. And he's like, oh, oh. And it's like, I know how maybe we'll get him. Next time he, like, fucks up his ball, he's like, I'm going to just go stand on it. And, like, so he can't find it. So then he's forced to cheat. Then he can kind of. It's just this, like, billionaire who's, like, cheating at games because he has to look like he's the best at everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, if you think about it, usually the most wealthy are sometimes people that try to game the system the, the best or the most. And also, the, usually the most frugal and <laughs> other things. And so, makes sense. it kind of just fits into the whole persona of that thing. So, I, I get it. But, yeah, so Bond basically tricks Goldfinger by switching his balls. And so because they were playing by a certain rule type, because he plays on the 18th hole with the wrong ball, he's like, oh, you lose by default. You scratch, I win. <laughs> Just pisses him off. Um, he puts a tracking little thing in his car, his Rolls Royce. And then we get the great part where uh, Odd Job. Which this is like pretty gadgety. Yep. Uh, yeah, we had a little tracking homing thing. Puts yeah. him into the car there. And then really gadgety though, but Odd Job shows off his hat and his nice bowler hat that he can throw like a frisbee and take out a statue. Take out a statue's neck. Um, and he does the great thing where he crushes the golf ball. Oh, that's fist. so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I love it. It's so fun. Odd job's so great. Though he's not as short here as, as he is in the game. Yeah. <laughs> feels real racist. I don't know exactly why they made that decision because he's know. supposed to be this huge guy. In well, like, prob- prob- well, but he is shorter than James Bond, right? Not really. Like, if you even like look at the actors, like they're only like two inches off of oh, each other. Okay. So it's like maybe, maybe it was just a programming thing. They just decided. No, I think it's like Jaws and Odd Job weren't in the GoldenEye movie, but they put them into these like extra levels and things so that. But they, they made could, like, Jaws so big. So tall. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So they yeah. were like, oh, let's take two iconic characters and let's make them like this big, huge dude and make this little guy. And so they chose Odd Job because I think they, they think Asian people are shorter. Also, they may That's have, why they did it. They probably also screwed up and thought he was Knickknack, which is a character in The Man with the Golden Gun, who is this little person. Oh, jeez. Very much like... Is he Asian? Yeah. Okay, so they probably screwed up. <laughs> yes. Just, just so we're aware. Um... Wonder if that'll be in that Golden Eye documentary. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, probably not. Um, so then he follows Goldfinger and Oddjob to Switzerland using the tracking. That's where he runs into another woman. Yes. Who he uses his car to shred her tires because <laughs> she tries to. He catches her firing a gun at Goldfinger. He's like, "Hey, what the hell? What's up with this woman in Mustang?" Yeah. Then uses his cool technology, shreds her tires. Should have just let her kill him. He needed to know where he needed to finish his mission. Yeah. She was gonna cut it short. Um, he follows Goldfinger to the his like plant, his like system uh, somewhere in, the, in Switzerland. Runs into the woman again. She has like a sniper rifle and everything. That turns out it's Tilly Masterson, uh, Jill Masterson's sister. Yeah. Um trying to get revenge for what happened to her sister they get caught and you get this whole driving sequence with the db5 this is also the first movie you get the cool car because the first time you get the aston martin previous two movies you didn't have a car and when he gets to hand it off to him he's like you know be careful with this one and it's like whatever it's james bond man i love whatever he wants 
it's so funny how quickly if you were to watch the Q scene, yeah, now and the Q scene in Goldeneye, it's the same exact scene. Oh, a hundred percent. Like you know, Q is play like Desmond Llewellyn plays Q the exact same way. Yeah, and it's like I'm like, why does he hate Bong so <laughs> like early? And like he's very clear in this one too. He's like, make sure you bring back the equipment this time. Because I bet all the other guys don't break anything it's yeah. probably just bomb but he's a spy it's like who but, cares but if, if it breaks if he's the only one bringing stuff back that's broken <laughs> and you know they've got like a, t- a tight budget then they got to go to council and they have to deal with it's just a funny like character quirk they make him like he's just like yeah. I, he's so frustrated with bond yeah <laughs> that like even in the, this movie where he's kind because he was introduced in from rush with love but didn't didn't really have much of a character just kind of gave him his well, suitcase. Well, if and all stuff. he did was give him stuff, then he's like Santa Claus. So I think having him like kind of have this relationship with James, like these are my toys; these aren't yours. Stop yeah. breaking them. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I, I like the choice. It's just really funny how much he just does not like Bond right away, and yeah. just seems to have it out for him. Where if there's other versions of Q in things like um, there's uh, Never Say Never Again, the like another was not an authorized version uh-huh. of the movies. Q in that one's very like kind of likes Bond. He kind of wants to be him. He's like he's like, oh it must be so exciting being out in the field. Uh, and, like, doesn't really care like at all that he breaks shit. He's just very like he's like, oh wow. But then that kind of makes him boring. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 I, I like him being a curmudgeon now. Yeah. And even now with the current version by Ben Wishaw, who's like very just like it's like, oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, he's just a little <laughs> hipster. Yeah, and it's also the part where you, the scene with uh, Goldfinger is where you get the iconic line is like, I never, you know, joke about my work, basically. Yeah, well, I'd say I always loved Q growing up just because it's like the gadgets when I was little were like my favorite thing about James Bond. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I wish they would expand that. I want like a James Bond movie like just from Q. That'd be interesting, like a Q perspective. Yeah. Like... Like, they should do it. So, like, Donkey Kong Country 2, right? Yeah. Donkey Kong has been captured. Yeah. And then Diddy and Dixie got to go save him. They should do, like, Money Penny, Q, M, and someone else got to go save Bond. I believe and, there is a Money Penny storyline. Oh, hell yeah. About, like, it from her perspective. I mean, that would be sick, though, if yeah. there was, like, a movie where, like, all the side characters had to go and save Bond. Yeah, or even universe. if that was just part of one of the movies. Like, you think Bond's going to take him down, and then Bond gets stuck, and they're like, well, what do we do? Like, well, we're, we're the last stand here. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be awesome. Yeah. And Q would be like, I've been saving these gadgets for a special occasion. <laughs> and he'd be like, he'd be like, don't worry about bringing them back. <laughs> he does that in later movies a little bit. Like he, do, he has done some good stuff. He'll like show up in a random hot yeah. air balloon and throw bombs at shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's sort of like a duos machina. Yeah, it's yeah. He's he's everywhere. He's kind of yeah. does a lot of things, but he's great. Um, yeah. So he gives him a bunch of gadgets like the DB5 and the car and stuff like that. Tells him not to press the red button because it's the ejector seat, which comes specifically in handy. He's like, "Are you?" serious like i'm always serious yeah i never joke about my work yeah Mr. Bond, you know it's like um, this is why i hate you. <laughs> I hate you it's like this is you work at the highest form of of national intelligence yeah <laughs> for our great country doesn't want to joke you think we're making jokes yeah it's like am i a joke to you james um james seems like he would be annoying to work with yeah yeah because he like he gets to do what he wants he basically has like a really long leash with him yeah. He 
gets to go sleep with tons of women yeah all around the world gets to break things blow things up he's like gets to live out the fantasies we all want to live for some reason and guy like you is stuck in a lab all day building these things that gets broken by this guy so i yeah i can see why he's pissed off um but so during this like car chase with james and like he has tilling the car and they're being chased pursued um you a couple of things so they have a point where they stop they have to stop and then she runs for it and then uh odd job uses his bowler hat on her kills her right you know second death of the movie second lady death um then then there's an, an another kind of extended chase scene where bond goes into the factory system i love that old woman who is like the gate guard oh <laughs> goes past he's coming back out and she comes out with a machine gun <laughs> and just starts spraying you know it would have been good if she was like i was tilly's mother both of my daughters were killed now <laughs> Well, I just like she's undercover as this like some just old lady that yeah. has a shack and then it's like actually like no I'm a, you you trespass I'm just gonna f- fire a hundred rounds into your vehicle. Um, Bond drives around the um, perimeter. Per- uh, drives through the factory complex. Yeah, he shoots the guy out of the ejector seat. So good, it, you know, Chekhov's ejector seat. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny. The guy decided like you're gonna drive. I'm gonna point the gun at you. Yeah, like. You'd have another person in the car probably too, yeah. <laughs> just in case something happens. Anyways, he gets ejected. This is where you get a lot of the um, the ramping, uh, camera ramping. So like the driving's like super fast. Yes. You know, you would see this I think a lot in those movies at the time when they want to make car chases faster. But well, it's just also I think it was probably because they were limited. Like the cameras are still so big. Yeah. Like it was hard to do anything dynamic with them. Like you couldn't put a camera on a car like really. This one, and then this happened to Dr. No as well, but I love this this trend of cars that start to go over like edges and roll down hills and they explode. Oh, you got to explode the car. Well before any impact. Yeah. (laughs) As if they were carrying a bunch of chemicals inside. Like, first of all, the car, even if it goes off the cliff, it's probably not going to explode. No. Anyway, it's just not. It would explode maybe like minutes afterwards once the gasoline starts like leaking out of the tank and but even then it's probably not even going to be an explosion it's just going to be a fire yeah yeah it's so stupid i just love it before any impact just set just explodes <laughs> again setting trends there are certain trends here uh which the reason part of this happened actually is this movie had a three million dollar budget yes so, so had, triple the budget yeah by the time you so first movie was one million second movie was two million this one got bigger the third you got three million yep it was basically the combined budget of the previous two movies, so which that, that that was quite a bit of money. Do you know how much it made at the box office? Um, I think it's like seventy. No, one hundred twenty-five. Wow, yes, hundred. Imagine that's like. I mean, that's still a good domestic gross. Like no, but compare like comparatively to today. That's what I'm saying. It's like today, even one hundred twenty-five would be good. Yeah, that's not even accounting for inflation. That would be like a what thirty million dollar movie making a billion. No, it wouldn't be a billion. Wait, dollars. am I doing my math wrong? Yeah, it wouldn't be a billion dollars. It'd be three hundred million making a billion. No, it wouldn't even be a, a billion. Well, if you're thinking three to one twenty-five. Yeah. So you add. <laughs> oh, you're trying to say if they made a three hundred million dollar, got it? Yeah. If it was instead of three million dollars, if it was three hundred million dollars. No, but that would it be thirty. Would equal. Yeah, it'd be like thirty million. 
yeah would would be cool a billion dollar box office yeah so yeah which is fucking crazy yeah that is crazy think about it in today's standard yeah well today's standard would be like 250 million dollars like that movie yeah. made 250 million dollars today yeah like if you adjust for this was very much it only cost them like six yeah and this was very much a blockbuster in the sense that pre-jaws pre-star wars this was like the movie that like getting game busters yeah it's actually listed as the first blockbuster james bond movie yeah so, so that makes sense it does um so bond crashes his car he this is where we get the iconic scene he's put on this metal slab table Goldfinger explains about his laser. Basically, like, I'm gonna kill you. I don't really care. I what I this is like the most iconic James Bond scene. Yes, the, one of the most iconic James Bond scenes. It's been in like Animaniacs. It's been in, like everything. Yes, I'm going to slowly use this slow-moving machine that's gonna basically burn your nuts off. Did they basically do this, Inspector? Yes. Yeah, okay. but with a bunch of machines. Yeah, bunch of machines. It was dumb. Yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so you get the iconic scene here where what? It, but I love about this scene though is that Goldfinger immediately just like I'm gonna kill you. You're nothing to me. You don't mean anything. And Bond's like trying to. He has to figure out how to get out of the situation. Well, yeah, because at this point Goldfinger's had enough fun with his food, and he's like, I need to just remove you before yeah. you any problem happen. Bond overheard before Operation Grand Slam, oh, so he Grand Slam at Denny's. Why is it Operation Grand Slam? Because it's the best uh, it's score you can get in baseball. Name. It's such a bad <laughs> I name. I don't know. Because it's an American heist and they got to use American language. Yeah, I guess. It was so stupid. <laughs> but he references it. This is after we get the iconic line. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. It's so good, though. It's yeah. awesome. So, but um, then The table's like, made of solid gold. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a gold-cutting laser yeah. thing. So That makes sense. I thought, well, my theory... I was concerned about, like, wouldn't the laser just go through the floor and just keep going through, like, to a certain point? Not necessarily, because the, I could be wrong here, but I believe I watched a thing once on why, like, the Death Star would never work, and it's because um, lasers suffer a lot from, like, focal points, and so once they hit a certain distance, like, the energy dissipates too much, like, very rapidly it's like a, it's an exponential yeah. decrease in strength well goldfinger kind of explains it a little bit he's like this laser is power enough to like put a spot on the moon right but at a much closer range it can have an effective burning exactly right but i think like if it go if it's going through the gold plated table part yeah wouldn't it then kind of keep going and then like, the floor is still pretty damn close and it would go through just a little bit more and like kind of just like ruin the floor <laughs> Possibly, but I, it's, it's moving. It's yeah. got like an optic sensor of some kind, so he probably knows not to do that. It's obviously not something they thought about, but it's not a concern. It's just one of the things that happens in these movies, and you don't I think, think we should it. spend another 20 minutes dissecting this laser. From the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is the part where Bond kind of just turns into a passive, like, like, um, he just kind of is an observer. Yeah, it for turns most into of this a movie. real pussy galore. Yes, because he meets the. Well, he escapes the table first. He escapes the table, then he's. Which uh, is pretty important. Yes. <laughs> but then he's knocked out. Right. So he gets. Injected. Which then, like, why not just put him back on the table? I don't. Why not just no. kill him? Like, well, he they said, I'm going to kill you now. So it makes doing? more sense in the book because he Goldfinger decides he's going to make Bond like his like 
weird secretary person, and he's going to be the fall guy for the, the whole thing. Right. So this one doesn't make as much sense because he just keeps him alive to just kind of drag him around. And, right. And I guess maybe if you think about it, he wanted him to die such a horrible death, he's going to like leave him with the nuke inside the vault. You know, so I guess if you're crazy, that makes sense. But, um, you know, so I, I, it's again, it's one thing you see a lot in Bond movies. The, the villain keeps him alive. I mean, the villains are always so inept. Yes. Like when it comes to finishing the job for some reason. So, but anyways, uh, Pussy Galore. <laughs> yeah. So. What is with these names? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, it's Fleming. He, is he just horny? He's just got some weird names. Like, they're weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they're weird. Some of these names are weird. Especially, like, the, you'd think especially the lady names. The studios would be like a little embarrassed about this. And they'd be like, can't you just change these names? My theory is that also like the word pussy was like in this era did not mean what we associate all of now. the names were like this. So that feels like you're giving them some credit that's probably not due to them. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like maybe in like the 50s when you... Fleming like created this character. Oh, that's fair. He's like, yeah, it was like a, but I mean, by the time so, we got here to do the movies, also it was to clear. Make, also maybe give some context. In the book, Pussy Galore is specifically a gangster, a female gangster, that runs a all exclusive lesbian gang from Harlem. Right. <laughs> so, if now, you think about it, having a name like Pussy yeah, sounds like cat. a gangster yeah. name. So. Yeah, like tiny. Yeah. Or big guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it kind of comes from. Obviously, now it has a much different connotation, considering that her last name is also Galore. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I love the line that he, when he first wakes up, and <laughs> she's like, hi, I'm Pussy Galore. So it's must so be dreaming. weird. It's so weird. <laughs> I love when he's told to go clean up in the bathroom, and then he, like, tells, like, the one, she tells the one other, like, assistant lady, it's like, keep an eye on him. And she has... Two peepholes that he he keeps blocking, and it's just like I'm like, what is this scene where it's like him getting ready, and she's like keeps trying to look in the holes, and he keeps blocking them. <laughs> yeah, <It's> yeah, like, <laughs> it's that's just like one of those relics of the age in which the mo- the movie's made. Yeah, like it just doesn't communicate effectively to us anymore. If it was supposed to be funny, if it was supposed to be like weird, it like yeah, it just has lost its meaning to time. Yeah. I obviously the scene is to show that he wanted to have the tracker get that out, but yeah, it's kind of just funny that it's like, oh, we have a, a room with multiple peepholes for our lavatory. Imagine that on a plane. Imagine if like every time you go to the lavatory, like the flight attendant right outside is just like looking in, <laughs> trying to see. That sounds awful. Yeah. So uh, then we go to Kentucky, um, where. One of my favorite parts of this movie, and the Bond movies in general, is... Wait, so they did... There's a point where, before they go, where Dr. No reveals his plan. Goldfinger. Sorry, Goldfinger <laughs> reveals his plan. Yes. And he has, like, the pool table. Yeah, no, this is the point I'm getting to. My favorite part is elaborate maps this is, this and is model sets. This is my favorite part of the movie. This is my absolute favorite part of this movie. <laughs> yes. Goldfinger constructed this whole room so that it's a pool table, and then the pool table converts to a map and also got like a map on the screen side and things rotate around it's, well, it's do you, crazy do you hear the guys in the background yeah they're like hey what's the, happening here well Where? yeah so the pool table flips and someone goes what's with that trick pool table <laughs> and then and then it keeps going and then the room starts rotating and someone goes it's like we're on a carousel 
<laughs> he's like there's just all this like weird chatter in the background like yeah, that. Yeah, because they're, they're, the, they're so gangsters good. and so like they just have these like comical gangster like observations. It's so they're just like the dumbest people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. I love that whole that was my favorite part of the movie. It's, yeah. I just love the fact that you know, villains that would have these elaborate schemes for this one moment in which you need to explain your plan. Yeah. You know? And I love how Bond, when he sinks out of his cell, he ends up being inside the little Fort Knox castle. And it's like his little head sticking out. <laughs> He's listening to this. Um, that's all great. I love that then the one gangster that's like, I'm out. I don't want any part of this. Yeah. And then he's like, we watch this elaborate, lengthy scene in which Oddjob drives him out of town, shoots him, takes the car to a cruncher, and instead of taking the gold first out of the trunk, crunches the car with the gold and then takes the box back. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Some of the stuff is really funny. But... Oddjob's awesome, though. Did you see the early Kentucky Fried Chicken in the background that no. Felix Leiter was parked in front of? No. Yeah. That was pretty good. Because they're in Kentucky. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like early Colonel Sanders. Uh, they were having some chicken before they were on their stakeout. Um, yeah, but Odd Job, he does odd jobs. That's why that's how he got his name. Because he's, he's Goldfinger's odd person that did odd jobs. Um, but so we hear the plan. plan is they're going to invade... Fort Knox. Right, which Bond is like, you guys can't steal the gold. It's not going to work. Forever. These gonna, guys are going to Like in two hours, the whole military is going to be down on you. Yeah. From outside, he's like, I don't intend to steal the gold. I intend to kill the gold. Uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> which is kind of... Uh, it's a change from the book. In the book, they think they can steal it out and smuggle it out and like put it on like a Russian submarine in Virginia or something. Um, but I love the change in the movie. He's Got a warhead, a nuclear bomb. He's instead just going to blow the bomb up inside the vault and make the vault so radioactive that the gold will not be touched in 57 years, thus increasing well, his supply. He doesn't even really have a nuclear bomb. He's a dirty It's bomb. a dirty bomb, yeah. Yeah, so he just has radioactive material yeah. strapped to an explosive, essentially, so that he could irradiate everything. Yeah, irradiate the, the vault. And because if the... he just had a nuke, that would be better. You don't even need to go inside. You could just blow it up over Fort Knox. That's true, but... I think and then the goal is just God. Which is funny because he he doesn't want to... And also another change in the book is that in the movie, he doesn't really want to kill anybody. He, yeah. He just wants to irradiate the gold and then get out. And that's yeah. why he's like, he has a whole thing with the gas. And then in the book, actually, he's like, I'm going to poison the water supply of this of Fort Knox area. Now he's like a cartoon villain. Yeah. And, he, but he's like, and then Bond's like, you're going to like murder like 60,000 people. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of like him in the book of being like this kind of like you know psychopath in some ways it's like i mean tanking the market will kill a lot more than sixty thousand people also that's true yeah he's going to cause a lot of economic problems in this thing um somehow bond convinces pussy galore to change sides just by i guess rolling around in the hay at the barn and kissing each other he so that she switches out the gas canisters so that all the army people that they think they're knocking out are actually not knocking out. That was like a really, I wonder what they told them. They're like, hey, when these planes fly over, just fall to the ground and act like you're knocked yeah. out. Yeah. You know, and hopefully you won't get run over by like chemtrails, man. <laughs> yes. That's like, well, that's what's happening. Yeah. This is ca- people, this is people believe in chemtrails probably saw this movie and were like, <laughs> but did they have chemtrails back then? 
Was it just not more like maybe this is where it came from? Maybe. I mean, that's literally what this is. It's just planes flying overhead, dropping a gas. The next time you see upside, you see those trails from a plane. I'm, yeah. I think it's Pussy Galore in her flying circus. That's like Pussy flying Galore by. Flying circus. That's what they're called. I know, but it's funny to hear it out loud. Yeah, flying across. But um, so but everyone is not knocked out, and a pretty cool battle ensues in which um, Goldfinger's people are all shooting, and with the army. Uh, Bond is locked in the vault with Odd Job. Mm-hmm. Great fight. I really enjoyed the fight. I love the way he is beaten at the end. It's great with the he throws his hat into the bar thing, and then like when Odd Job goes to grab it, he electrocutes the thing with the exposed wiring and shocks him to death. It was pretty cool. Cool, cool way to defeat a villain. I like how this this really feels so relevant to today too, because like his whole thing was like China's gonna like take over now. Yeah. And then, and all they wanted was just economic disruption. Yeah. And, and well, and killed maybe like sixty thousand people. Yeah, that too. But. Um, so most of that stuff's pretty good. I think them being trapped in the vault is like really like sort of the best part of this whole sequence because you now have Bond and Ajab like going at it together in yeah. this vault. And Ajab can't be beaten. He's too much of a physical, just strong man. Yeah. Just gotta crush him. Thanos. Yeah. He's and, like the Hulk. Yeah. And yeah, it is weird they made him so short in Goldeneye. Yeah, he's huge. He's like yeah. this giant guy. Yeah. He's wide. Um, I love how Goldfinger, when he's outside the vault and the army guys are coming in, and he, he switched over into the general outfit, and he's like, shit. And he just like kills the one scientist guy, and he's all like, they're in there. And then he picks up a machine gun and just <laughs> like mows down all his own people and everybody. <laughs> he just doesn't give a fuck. I like that um, Bond kind of gets his butt kicked. Yeah, it's good to have him be, like it's Bond. I think is something in the books, and just I like it when it happens in the movies. Like I, th- I like when he kind of just just suffers and just yeah. gets you know, punished. I, I like to see him flail. Yeah, if it's always so clean and he's always so good, it's kind of boring. Because when he is, a lot of times he's very like clean and smooth and suave. It's cool when he's like he's knocked out of that position and made the having to be desperate and struggle that's what's great yeah. um i love how you're gonna talk about the bond the, the, the bomb. bomb yeah so it's a so he so he electrocutes our job yeah kills him yep breaks open the casing for the bomb and yep. that's when the army guys roll in of course he uses two gold bars to like yeah. open up the casing which like is gold that strong i don't know i don't know but um <laughs> i just let it so it, the, the timer keeps ticking down he doesn't know what to do. He's like, ah, uh, uh, you think I, I kind of forgot watching. I haven't been a while to watch this. I forgot how this part ends or how he stops it. And it's just the one guy comes over and just pulls the thing. <laughs> you would think like the hero of your movie would figure out a way to stop the bomb. But I love that he doesn't know anything about how to stop it. Which is good. This it goes back to like what I was saying. It's yeah. like he can't just be Everything. the solution for this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like sometimes he needs other people to help. Oh, he should, because what's the point of MI6 then? Yeah, he's just one man. He's just yeah. the tool that which the MI6 uses to... Right. But the guy comes over, stops it, exactly, 007. Mm-hmm. Then Bond goes to get drinks with Obama. <laughs> yes, he gets invited, which, so, uh, it would have been, damn, it would have been um, 64, yeah. It would, JFK would have been murdered by this point. Oof. Yeah, it would have been Johnson. He would have rather probably wanted to have a drink with JFK. Who wouldn't? Yeah. He's a party guy. 
Um, you know that guy could throw him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you would have had like a couple of... He was probably awesome at Flip Cup. In more ways than one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's on, <laughs> he gets invited to the White House for a lunch with the president. Very US-centric again, this movie. Yeah, and I love how all the, the people waiting like, goodbye, Mr. Bond. Have fun on your trip. <laughs> um, but once he gets on the plane, Goldfinger's there waiting for him. And he's like, Pussy Galore is flying the plane somehow. And again, it's a little bit of a forced setup here. Um, but you get the hand-to-hand combat. Goldfinger fires his gun, which we set up earlier. Bond tells Pussy Galore, remember, he's like, you fire that gun here, you're going to break a hole in the fuselage and we'll all die. So Bond does that. All the pressure gets sucked out. Goldfinger gets sucked out of a tiny window mm-hmm. <laughs> and never to be seen again. Um, in the, pretty good. So in the book, Oddjob is the one that gets sucked out the tiny window. Oh. He, like, there's no fight in the vault thing. Okay. It's, he ends up getting, they all get away, but same thing. He kind of gets on the plane. They're on the plane. Oddjob gets sucked out the window and, Gold, and Bond just like strangles Goldfinger to death. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Much more violent. Yeah, very violent. Yeah. Um, and he gets out of the plane before it crashes, so. Um, he just like parachute. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. But this okay. one too, him and Gold, him and Pussy Galore, um, land on like some sort of I don't know where they land exactly, but and just like Doctor No and not many many other movies, Bond ends up alone with the woman at the end. And it's like we'll get rescued in like an hour or so, you know. Yeah. It's like let's now make love under this parachute. Oh God. Well, here's the thing: Goldfinger had to die. Yeah. I don't think Tilly had to die. It felt a little cruel to have both sisters die. Yeah. So what's interesting, though, is that in the book, she survives much longer. She is with him all the way through the Fort Knox stuff. Wow. And she's killed in the Fort Knox battle. Okay. So That would have, I think, been better. Yeah. I think maybe they decided from a screenwriting standpoint, like, he should only really have, like, one lady at a time. Ah, and right. So, like, sure, not gentlemanly of him to be screwing more than one woman. Well, just more like in, in the interactions, <laughs> I guess. I'm assuming. Uh, and you can't ever have two women on screen doing stuff together, no, especially when one of them's a lesbian. Not in 1964. Not if one of them's a lesbian. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe she'll convert the other one to a lesbian. Well, I think it's also implied that Tilly is also a lesbian. Why are they? What? Oh, right. Because she's very all, like, I hate yeah. you, Bond. Sure. And also, and, uh, and if you have to, if you're straight, you wouldn't hate James Bond. Yes. Because he's sexy. In fact, he's so sexy that he, he converts a lesbian. Yes. <laughs> she could have been bi. Yeah, that's true. She could have been... I guess she is now. Now she is. Yeah. She probably swings both ways in any way. She's a fluid woman of the 20th century. Every. Ahead of the time. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. It was a good movie. I think they should update it. I hope there's stuff... Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. There's some problematic stuff but overall some great stuff and i think it's one of the best bond movies and most iconic ones yeah and it's a great villain so for all those reasons uh i put it at the top of the list so far of the bonds we've watched yeah what would the next movie be um we the next movie in terms of the book series is for your eyes only i have no idea what that is we're jumping all the way to 1981 and who is the roger moore roger moore so this is the this is the this this movie came after Moonraker. And this is not... This is a book. This yeah. is a book. This is a book. How is this movie? It's actually not bad. Okay. There's some good stuff in it. I mean, I'm excited for the more modern movies anyway, just because... Yeah. You know? You get to see young... Um, 
what's his face? Uh, young Tywin Lannister's in this. Oh, okay, great. You know? He's awesome. Um, as like a random non non speaking role. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll recognize him. Yeah, there's there's some cool stuff. Like it's it is very eighties. Sure. Uh, you will figure that out. But um, anyways, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, we'll all see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Check the uh, show notes. It'll tell you what our schedule is. Until next time, Mr. Bond. Mm-hmm.